Whether it's for work or play, we rely on home internet so much these days. Being connected and staying connected has never been more important. So if you want reliable internet bought you at speed, switch to Aussie Broadband. It only takes a few minutes to sign up and their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Find out more at aussiebroadband.com.au. T's and C's apply. Hi, this is the Dill and Friends podcast. I'm Deborah, Dylan's mum. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you like the show as much as I do. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right, guys, welcome back. It's Dylan Buckley here and this is my podcast, Dill and Friends. An absolutely incredible guest this week. One of the best stories today, which is one of my favourites. Uh, it's still got plenty to unfold. Uh, plenty of, not so many games, not so many goals, but this guy from Geelong, it's Tom Stewart. Tom, thanks for coming on the show, mate. Dill, absolute honour to be on, and uh, like we've, we've spoken about it for a while now, so I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> we have, mate, and I'm, I, I, I did want to touch on that, because I like to give the guests a bit of a rundown how we know each other. I've got vo- uh, very loyal listeners, and um, I like to explain how we, come, we did become such close mates. Um, basically, it was, it was one night. <laughs> and uh, it, it was a it was a big night. It was a, it was a Bucks party. It was uh, Mitch Duncan. Mitch Duncan. Shout out to him. We had we had a couple of um, cordials and a DNM at about two AM, which resulted in me writing up a bit of a verbal contract that you'd come on the show that really cemented it. It did. It did. I, I remember it not vividly, but I do remember <laughs> it. So um, no, it was a great night at Mitch's Bucks, and like I said, shout out to Mitch. But it was yeah one of those things where we just sort of clicked from the moment we sort of started talking. So it's been cool. It is, mate. And um, the funny thing was, you know, you do say you remember it, but I actually remember you hitting you up the next day and you having no idea what we're talking about. No, come on. That's not true. <laughs> that is not true at all. That's false. And I think that should be deleted from the record. <laughs> and, mate, we did have another good time again then at the wedding, um, which was a great night and um, plenty of DMs there, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I did get to meet your beautiful partner as well, which is to be your wife soon. She is. She is my beautiful partner, partner Emma. Um, engaged to be married in October this year, so um, very exciting times. It is. Now, mate, I really want to touch on your story. It's, it's honestly one of my – it's an incredible story. It's one of my favorites, and it's one that I don't actually know a lot about. For those who listen to the podcast, I love to do my research, but it's been, it's been quite hard to find a lot about you because you are so unknown. Um, a quick rundown that I just – I can't get my head around this. 2015, you're playing local footy down at South, at South Barwon with Matty Scarlett. Correct. 2016, you decide to go and have a crack at the uh, VFL in Geelong, which, you know, a few guys do. Good on you. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, another one, 2017, you actually get drafted by Geelong um, and play 21 games in your first year. Correct. 2018, you're All-Australian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And 2019... This year, you're vice captain. I'm not vice captain. I'm in the leadership group, but yeah, it's uh, mate. When you, are, you, yeah. are you taking the piss or what? <laughs> I'm not. Like, you know, um, I've been just kicking. Like I've just been kicking like shit uphill for the last eight years, just stagnating somewhere in the middle. And you've just come in out of absolutely nowhere. You're making a fool of everyone else. I'm not, mate. I'm not. I promise. I'm just uh, just a genuine toiler, and I've got a lot of good people around me that have. Uh, helped me along the way. So it, when you when you do break it down like that, it's um it's pretty crazy to think yeah. how how quickly it's happened. But um I suppose like I said, like I touched on, like the people the support group that I've got around me are 
obviously everyone's going to say it a fantastic. But, yeah. Um, I've had a lot of good people in my life that have really, really nudged me along and, and got 100%. me to the place I'm in now. So I, as much as I, I'd like to pump up my own tyres, I, I, I would never do that without – I would never have done what I've done without the people that are around me. Yeah, it's incredible. No, it is, mate. You, you must have a, such a good network and you can't take any credit away from yourself. You obviously – done some hard work along the lines which we will get into but what I really want to know is I want to take take me back to when you were like 16 17 18 early days playing footy like where were you actually were you in the Geelong Falcons at that stage or yeah yeah so I was in the Falcon system from when I was 15 to when I was 18 in my draft year and um for I suppose a bit of maturity and, and a lack of understanding on my part uh things didn't go my way and to be honest, I, I probably spat the dummy a bit and, and thought that, you know, it's all a bit too hard and um, footy wasn't for me at that stage. So uh, I decided to go back and play local football at South Bowen. And yeah. even when I decided to go back there, I was pretty close to, to pulling the pin there as well. So um, for a little while there, footy footy wasn't for me. But um, luckily I came out the other side and, and grew up a bit and, and uh, yeah, I suppose the, the rest is a little bit of history. Yeah, it's in, it's actually incredible. Like it's it's an amazing story. So when you were playing at Falcons, were you the similar sort of player to you are now? Obviously, you weren't saying you were as developed as you were, but were you playing that sort of halfback role, or were you playing? Forward <laughs> I was actually, what was your? No, I, was, I was a full, well, not a full forward, but I was a forward that yeah. sort of pinched hit on the wing and in the midfield. Um, I was I was a completely different player. I was a, a very much a probably a selfish player at that age. I was very yeah. worried about myself and very internalised in, in how I performed as an individual. So um, the, the lessons that I learned playing back at South Barwon were probably what shaped me to be the player I am today in the fact that it was just all about the team. There was nobody that was bigger than the team and there was no, uh, I suppose, recognition for those who did go outside of that. So um, for what the South Barwon Footy Club did for me from a, an 18-year-old who was a, a bit of a selfish player and shaped me into what I like to think now is a bit of a selfless player that wants to just do everything he can to help his mates out was I can't thank him enough for that. Yeah, for sure. So you're saying that was more like when you were down at Geelong, that, uh, down at South Barwon, sorry, that was sort of the culture that was down there, just like yeah, working with each absolutely. other and a bit more of a, a brotherhood. Yeah, so South Barwon have uh, a sort of a rich history of, of success. Um, they won, I think... I might get my facts wrong here, but I think they won eight flags in 13 years over a, yeah, right. from 2001 to 2013. So um, that culture that they built down there and some of the special players they had down there really, really drove that culture. And um, like I said, the, those blokes sort of hit me between the eyes when I was young, and and I learned pretty quickly that um, the right the, the way I, the right way that I think football should be played. Yeah, for sure. So was that like to do with obviously Maddie Scarlett comes down to South Bowen. Oh, even yeah, even before Scarlo. Before so, that, yeah, yeah. There was there was blokes there that I played with that had played, been on AFL lists and uh, and other sorts, but never really been absolute superstars. But um, we had blokes, um, Paul Corrigan, Mark Corrigan, Clinton Wells, yeah. these sorts of blokes. They're, they're local Geelong legends, and they they played together for sort of eight or nine years. So it was pretty hard to to come in and try and make it about me when I had yeah. on these blokes. Yeah, for sure. So when Scala did come down, though, obviously he played at Southbound post um, Geelong. Yep. Was that, do you feel like the big break, like when you sort of got the opportunity to play with him and then obviously from all reports he, he had a bit of a crush on you and fell in love with playing with you and that was sort of <laughs> how it picked up? Uh, yeah, it's funny you say that because when Scarlett first started coaching, we played in a flag together in 2013 and 
and it was all pretty good. But um, into the start of 2014, I didn't really come back for pre-season. I was pretty just happy just, you know, just being a bit of a local footy legend. And I remember yeah. after, after one pracky match, um, him and Warwick Nucky, the other coach at the time, sat me down in the back room at South and said, look, mate, if you don't pull your finger out of your ass, you're going to be playing the twos next week. And that was sort of a, a bit of a moment for me where I was like, well, hang on. Um, I've just played in a flag and all this sort of yeah. stuff. And he, it, he just sort of hit me between the eyes. And I could tell that I, I may have never played in the twos, but he, he had a genuine uh, – I think he saw something in me and I think he just tried to spark that fire. And um, from there, we had, a, we had a really good relationship. Um, we didn't – you know, we didn't hang out. We didn't have coffees every single day. We were best mates, but um, yeah. he, he got the best out of me in the fact that he just told me how it was and he told me exactly what I needed to hear at certain times. So I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, right. And so he was the one that sort of, like, did he hit up the VFL or did you? he sort of just push you into going down that track or was it more like um, a decision that you sort of made? Yeah, I think he hit up because he was working at the Dogs, but the year he uh, came back and, and started coaching it, Geelong again was in 2016, I think. So I think he sort of told Troy Sarwood to get my number and really, really push for me down there. So um, in that fact, having somebody like of that sort of influence and calibre going into bat for you, you'd be pretty stupid if you didn't take it with both hands and, and really yeah. try and make something of it. So um, as well as a lot of people do say, you know, oh, Scarlo, I uh, Scarlo my career, which, which I, I honestly I do, but I like to think that I – pulled my finger out and had a bit of a crack and did something yeah, stuff as well. So. Yeah. It wouldn't work um, a one way. I don't think you can do that. Yeah. Um, and then from there, like obviously you've gone down to the VFL, started playing. What was like that transition from VFL to AFL? Like we saw you said before, like with the South Bar and it sounded pretty professional anyway, so it doesn't sound like there was a massive sort of gap. Um, no, I, I found my transition from GFL to VFL harder than the transition from VFL to AFL. Yeah, right. Um, I suppose playing with AFL players already, I thought that if I could match that sort of skill level and intent, I'd be all right at AFL level. Obviously, you have your doubts early days with these sort of things, but my first practice match, no, sorry, my first match in the VFL, I I think we might have even played each other. We played Northern Blues at Geelong round one. Yeah, right. And I think you guys beat us by a couple of points. Oh my god! I do remember this. I actually, this you know, this is funny. Not to sound weird, but this was probably the first. I think I was actually playing that week for a change, and um, I actually missed that game. But I do remember the boys went down to Geelong, which was a fortress, and they yeah. did win by three. It was three points. I think yeah, it was nearly half the time. Yeah, I think they kicked a goal with like not long to go. And yeah. to be honest, I almost pulled the pin on VFL after that game because I played on on Liam Jones that night, and he kicked five on me. No way! Yeah, no shit, and. Um, I, I literally, I went home and I, I jumped into bed with, with my partner and yeah. I sat next to her and I said, look, I don't think it's for me. Like, I think, I, don't, I just don't think I'm up to it and these sorts of things. And, and she was, like I said, that, that network that I had and she just sat me down and said, look, you've you spent a whole summer working your ass off. You might as well see the year out. And yeah. that, that was a little bit of a turning point as well because it almost, um, it, it was, it was clo- I was close to pulling the pin off that night to be honest. That's incredible. So, Liam Jones nearly single-handedly ended your career. Almost, yeah. I think I, I think I kickstarted his though because now he's playing some pretty good footy. Yeah, he's killing. I think it both worked for both of you, really. Exactly. Maybe I should have played that game. <laughs> hey, Jake. Yeah, Dylan. What's up, man? Do you like the sunshine? Yeah, man. How cool is the bloody sunshine and going to the beach? Yeah, it's great. But you know what isn't great? Oh, what is it now, Dylan? Sun damaged eyes. 
Ah, oh, shit, you're right. That's terrible. But how can we fix it and look cool at the same time? Rick's eyewear. Rick's? What the Rick's is that? Yeah, it's my favourite pair of sunnies. And they're polarised, so they're good for your eyes too. Many Hollywood celebrities have been seen wearing them, including Emily Ratatowski, Chris Hemsworth, Jessica Alba, and Odell Beckham. Wow, that's off the Rexer scale. Will I look as sexy as them wearing them? Probably not. Oh, shit. Where can I get a pair at least? Rick's eyewear on Instagram is your best bet. They have an online store which is super cool and easy to use. That's Rick's Eyewear on Instagram. Head to their Instagram and you'll find the link there. Wow, that sounds pretty bloody awesome. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> what? I want to treat myself to some of those noble boys. <laughs> oh yeah? How'd you go? Delicious. Oh, I told you. And at this time of playing VFL in at South Farm, what were you actually doing day to day? Like, what was your job? I was a chippy. So I was on, chippy, the, yeah. on the tools, yeah, working basically 7.30 till 4.30. Well, I wouldn't call it working because towards the end, um, I wasn't really doing much. And shout out to my old boss. He let me get away with a fair bit of stuff. Um, yeah, I was, I, I, was, I was on the tools. So um, working most days and then trying to get down to Geelong and do my edits and train Tuesdays and Thursdays or whatever night it was corresponding to the game and, and these sort of things. And we spoke about with the with the VFL. Obviously, John have been probably like the masters, really, like picking up some mature age superstars like yourself, um, Tim Kelly, um, and then this year Sam Menegola. Yeah, God, yeah. that's crazy. And um, <laughs> and then obviously this year Tom Atkins, another bloke that played in round one, looked looked unreal. He was one of your teammates for a few years down there as well. He was. He was. Uh... Tommy Atkins. He's uh he's had. A, I can't wait for people to understand his journey as well because. He's come from a not a long way back. He was always a talented junior, but he was on Geelong's VFL development list in his first year, and then uh, spent the last four years playing down there and, and captained the club at VFL level and, and won two best and fairest, and really had to toil away in the VFL. So um, I'm super excited to see the way his career unfolds. As I am with, I, I do take a little bit of a vested interest in a lot of uh, mature age recruits because I think it's becoming more and more prevalent these days and it's pretty yeah. special to hear everyone's I suppose individual story not just um my own so if I can help any along the way or or just have a chat to them and just say you know I admire what you're doing then I'm more than willing to do that it's, it's hard not to love those guys like you look at like yourself obviously we named a few from Geelong but even um you know Mick Gibbons from um that's got oh, yeah. picked up at Carlton now Incredible. like the story that he's Incredible. been through like I don't know him from a bar of soap but like you just have respect for these guys like holding in there for so long yeah, absolutely. Um, and everybody just like, loves them. Yeah, Brody Majek and the yes. boys that went up to the Gold Coast and these sorts, like they're playing a really good role for their team. Yeah. And, and that's all you hope is just blokes get an opportunity and, and what they do with that is up to them. But the fact that more clubs are, are seeing them as genuine listed players is is really, really cool. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, so that year in the VFL, you said after round one you want to quit, nearly quit. <laughs> Was there a game or like a sort of patch through there? Did someone say something to you? throughout that year that you were like, well, hang on, like, I'm actually a chance here to, A, get picked up, but, like, B, just play some really consistent footy and you belong at the level. Like, was there, like, a come-out game or was there oh, something? The very next week we were lucky enough to travel up to, to beautiful Ballarat. Oh, um, yes. Beautiful. And, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a, a coming, coming, I suppose, a, a, a coming-of-age story. I um, I had 23 and kicked two from full-back, so... Um, 
that sort of belief. Yeah, that that sort of belief was was pretty cool. And um, I suppose just the only thing that really spurred me along was was the blokes that backed me in. Like Shane O'Brien was was massive for me, and he said from the start of the year, "We're going to play you, we're going to play you," and he did. And I may have had some up and down games, but him and Troy Sudwood were were really good and just giving me the opportunity. But um, about round nine, I had a conversation with Scarlo in the gym at Geelong. Yeah, and he said. He said to me, he goes, oh, um, Stephen Wells wants to talk to you. I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, dickhead. Like, yeah. Took it with a grain of salt, thought he was taking the piss. He's like, no, like, I'm being legit. Like, He wants to have a chat with you. So a couple of days later, I'm, I'm sitting in a room with Troy Salwood, Stephen Wells, Stephen Hawking, uh, and Shane O'Brien. And they're basically telling me to have shoulder surgery and uh, not play the rest of the year because they're guaranteed they're going to draft him. Really? Yeah. So, and what did you do? I kept playing. <laughs> <laughs> I kept playing. I um, yeah, I was. I really believed in the VFL system, and I wanted to yeah. help them win a flag. And almost to my detriment, they uh, I almost went ended up at Fremantle. So I'm very oh. very blessed that uh, it worked out my way, and I got to stay in my hometown. That's incredible. So they actually wanted you to just sort of like hide you, so they could probably slide you for a later pick. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So. Oh. Um, it was it was an incredible, incredibly stressful time, to be honest. Draft night, but yeah. um, that that sense of emotion and the pride that I felt, not only for myself, but like I said, for the people that had helped me along the way, and to have fifteen of my closest mates and my mum and my dad and my, my partner at the time, uh, my, my fiance, <laughs> um, partner at the time, she's on getting in trouble. She hears that, um, and just to have have that sense of emotion and and that night where like. It all sort of culminated together. As you know, like draft night's a special night, but that night for me yeah. was, was one of the best nights of my life. And, yeah, I, I, I watch the video sometimes on my phone and it almost brings a tear to my eye. Yeah, 100%. And did you said before, like, you nearly went to Frio. Like, how close was that? Was there a few teams oh, that were like, keen? They had the next pick. So wow. I'm fairly confident they were going to take me with the next pick. But um, I think what happened was um, there was a few shuffle picks with academy bids and father-sons. I don't know the exact in and ins and outs of it. Yeah. But I think North Melbourne bid on a Collingwood player that shuffled them back and shuffled Collingwood back and then Essendon ended up taking somebody else and it just sort of all fell into place. So it was incredible, the turn of events. No, it's amazing, man. I suppose it all works out in the end. Like, It's crazy. Great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, I would have given my all wherever I went. Yeah, wherever of course. I went, but um, obviously Geelong was the first preference. Yeah, for sure. Thousands of Aussies trust Aussie Broadband to keep them connected to the world, even when they're on the go. Because as well as reliable home internet, Aussie Broadband also offers flexible mobile plans with super generous data allowances and no locking contracts. Their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help you make the switch. It only takes a few minutes. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Search Aussie Broadband Mobile to find out more. T's and C's apply. Um, and then your first year. So you're there, um, drafted, first year at Geelong, you played 21 games in your first year. Did you expect it or did you did you sort of go in there with that confidence or like who um, back, did they back you in or did you, do you reckon you're a bit of a surprise pack? Well, I had, I had the shoulder Rico in the off-season and yeah. I didn't actually see any training with the group until sort of uh, late Jan, early, early Feb in my first pre-season. So there was a little bit of unknown there. I knew that um, obviously, like I said, that the way that I attacked the VFL season, I knew I could match it at least with yeah. some of those those players that are in and out of the AFL system. But um, there wasn't really much oh, – I suppose there wasn't too much confidence in myself that I was going to play round one. I suppose getting 
three JLT games under my belt helps. But I sort of I remember sitting there and thinking, look, they're not going to pick you up as a twenty three year old as a as a sort of a top as of, of pick forty. Yeah, and they're not going to not play her. Like I've come yeah. in to play a role for the team, so I had to sort of back myself in and just back my skill level that I was there for a reason. And um, there were some hairy days early on. I remember playing some pretty like ordinary games against Melbourne and North round two and rounds two and three. But after that, it just sort of the consistency. Yeah. yeah, the consistency of just playing at the level just sort of helps, as you as you would know. Like if you get a few games in a row, you start to build and yeah, I understand. Um, the snowball effect just starts to happen. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. And you play, so you play twenty-one games that year. This is like the this is the part where I just don't, I don't get. You play 21, 21 games, which is which is unreal, but it's been done. Okay, there's there's guys that have played twenty-one games before. I get that, that's cool. Yeah, but then you're all Australian in your second year. Like I just don't. That's a part where I just go, well, like, what happened? What yeah. like what happened like that off season? Like what happened at the end of the year for you to just go like, bang? Uh, well, I suppose coming. Top five in the BNF put a lot of confidence in myself. Yep. Um, yeah, that's true. So that was that was a that was a good starting block to know that what I was doing was, I suppose, at, working. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was working for myself, and then I just built on that. To be honest, I um I went away for two weeks with the uh, I went to Queenstown for a footy trip with the boys, and then yeah. spent a couple of weeks over there with Emma. Um, but then I came back with a real intent just to to get myself in the right nick. Um. I put a lot of work in. I did a lot of running and obviously spent a lot of time in the gym and these sorts of things. And I had a real hunger to just take my game to another level. Um, and then I suppose things just fell into place. Um, there was opportunities for me to to play a bit of a different role and, and move up the ground um, and, and add a bit of att- attacking flair into my game. So um, having a few of those older boys down back go go down early was sort of I was sort of thrust into a position where I had to sort of perform at a higher level. So. Mm. I just took it with both hands and and just tried to um, first and foremost help my teammates teammates out as much as I can get to as many contests as I can and then just influence them um, try and get the ball in my hands and and just I suppose do a bit with it and it'll I mean it'll never sit right with me I've said that many many times I don't know if I'll ever call myself an All Australian or or I suppose refer to myself as an All Australian but to, to look in the cupboard and, and see the, the jacket there is um is, is, is something pretty special and something that I'll cherish for a, for long after my career is done but right now I'm, I'm not really going to think about it. Oh, mate, 100%, man. You, you deserve it more than anyone. It's incredible. It's an incredible story. Like like you said, it's very hard to do, especially in your second year, but um, they're not, they don't hand those things out. So um, <laughs> if they did, I'd be lining up for one. But that's <laughs> um <laughs> And then this year, obviously, uh, coming into 2000 and 2019, big year, especially for the team. The boys looking good. Um, obviously, Mitch tells me quite regularly that they're, um, they're always going to win the flag, according to him. It's um, <laughs> being voted in the leadership group this year. Um, that's it's obviously a huge honour. But what sort of leader are you amongst the boys? Like, oh, I can already sort of picture it in my head now, but it would be interesting to hear from you what you sort of supply to the group. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. Um, it's... It's nothing that hasn't come or hasn't been forced, I suppose. It's sort of – it's an organic relationship that I've built with some of the younger boys over the last three years, I think. But I've just tried to be myself, to be honest. I um, Well, mate, that I, is the motto of the show. You have yeah, to be yourself. You just, Everyone yeah, else is taken. Yeah, you can't yeah, – well, that's very – I like that. <laughs> isn't that your Insta bio? That, that's, the, that's the quote of the show. <laughs> you just <laughs> hit it. Plugged it, plugged it. 
Um, so <coughs> I, I just try and what I haven't changed anything that I've done over the last couple of years. Um, I just I have to speak up if I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not one of those blokes who shies away from having something to say in meetings and these sorts of things. But yeah, I think the way that I lead is I'm, I'm massive on relationships. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can be a leader unless you have shown a mutual respect for somebody or, or your peers. Um, I like to, to, I don't try and be everyone's best mate, but I do like to have a, a relationship with everybody. I'll try, yeah. I'll go out of my way to speak to people. I'll try and make everyone feel comfortable, but I like to think I'm, I'm pretty good at reading emotions and these sorts of things. So if I can see somebody that's under duress, I'll take them out for a coffee. I'll have a chat. and I just like to, to make everybody feel like they're valued. I think that's yeah. the, the main thing, especially in AFL footy, because a lot of people can get um, pushed to the side and, and yeah. not be thought about and think, oh, you know, he'll take care of himself. He'll be right. But it's not the case. Yeah, 100%, man. A lot of blokes struggle with having conversations and a lot of people in general struggle to stick their hand up and say, look, I'm not all right. I need to have a chat. So if I can be that that bridge, I suppose, between the senior player and the younger group, I'll be I'll do that. But I just like to just to have conversations and, and just to make sure that everyone's not everyone's going to be feeling all right all the time, but um, if I can go out of my way to, to make sure somebody's had a conversation to to get something off their chest, that's the way that I'd like to lead. And also all the, all the footy stuff that comes with it. Like, you know, you lead by example and you play the right way and all that stuff. But that should be a given. If you're in a, yeah. if you're in a leadership group and you're not playing good footy, good footy or consistent footy, then I don't think you're, you're in the right space to, to be doing that. Yeah, 100%, man. But I think as well, like the things that you said – uh, that people they might not understand is how important that thing of making people feel comfortable at a footy club is. Like you said, it's a hard place sometimes. There's 44 blokes, 22 play each week. Um, not everyone's going to be happy all the time. And dealing with stresses of you know supporters and family and expectation and where they're really at in reality, it's um, it can get pretty um, pretty stressful sometimes. So that's something that I've definitely had to deal with throughout my career and it's something that um, I'm really passionate about as well is just having conversations with people. I think that's why I pretty much started this podcast really is just to like show that you can just have conversations with anyone. Everyone's normal. Everyone's the same. Everyone's got feelings um, yeah. and just that it's, we're all just normal people and um, even though you've done some amazing things, um, you're just a down-to-earth bloke that really just plays at South Bar Footy Club. <laughs> just a genuine Aussie bloke. <laughs> still, still a fat tradie from South Yeah, Bar. a fat tradie. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think that's important, as you said, mate. Like a lot of people, especially in this day and age, everyone becomes auto- automatic and almost a bit robotic in their answers. And I love the fact that you know that, like you know, we had a little bit of a laugh about it before, but like, be yourself and and be, don't be afraid to stick your hand up and say you're not okay because shit, everyone goes through some stuff. And the, the easiest thing is to have a conversation and to show a bit of care. Yeah. And, don't just do it for yourself to say, oh, geez, I feel good because I helped somebody out. Like, show genuine care in somebody's hardship and what somebody's going through because that's going to be you one day. So there's no point in, in trying to, to not help or, or stick your hand up and say you're not okay because it just it just turns into a terrible downward spiral and unfortunately some people go down the wrong way with it. 100%, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. Hi, Tom. It's Deborah. Just wanted to say thank you for being a friend to Dylan and coming on the Dill and Friends podcast. To all the listeners, thanks for supporting my boy. If you haven't checked out some earlier episodes, make sure you do. I suggest the Jeremy Cameron or the Paddy McCartan episodes. And please don't forget to jump on iTunes and subscribe and leave a nice review. Thank you.
Thanks, Deb. It's awesome to be on the show with, with your fantastic son, and I uh, hope to catch up with you soon. <laughs> Thanks, Mum. Really appreciate that. Mate, um, off-field, uh, you're very keen into your AFLW coaching at the moment. I know I've had a few discussions with you off-field, but, um, yeah, you're obviously involved with AFLW, really passionate about the women's league in general. What's your role down there with the girls? Uh, so this year I was lucky enough to be approached to, to be the defensive coach and uh, I suppose follow in my, my fantastic mentor's footsteps of, of coaching the back line. So yeah. it's, uh, it's been a fantastic experience. Um, it's been a massive learning experience. I've learned how to talk in front of big groups and yeah. have everyone's eyes on me, which was obviously not everyone's eyes. It's, hard. it's so, so hard, with that. isn't it? Yeah. So hard. It's so hard. Um, but just to, to have that exposure to, 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 base, to a professional league, um, and to be in charge of a group of girls who want to learn and, and learn the intricacies of the game and, and how things work, and it was it was something special. And hopefully, I get the opportunity again to, to go around again next year because I bloody loved it. Yeah, and you were saying like you were just probably not surprised, but like not shocked. But I can't think of the word. But you were sort of both at like how keen these girls were to learn, and obviously. They're coming from an area where they're still working. The girls are still like working nine to five jobs and coming after training, committing so much time, so much effort to to master their craft. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just think just their attention to detail, like they they sweat the small things, and and that's um, that's something that shows a lot of a lot of genuine interest in in the game, and um, just their. They're happy to, to stay at the footy club till 9.30 at night watching edits or doing extras where I'm like, I want to go home and lay on the couch. Like, yeah. That was me a couple of years ago, but now, yeah, I want to just get away for a bit. Whereas they they, they love it. They, it really takes you back to that that junior level of footy where you just want yeah. to learn and absorb and, and just play footy. And I think that was what really sparked my um, love for it. I think just the way that they, they come to every session with a big grin on their face, ready to learn, ready to have a crack and, it just made you realise that footy is a fantastic game. Like obviously at the elite level, it's it's a higher pressure. It's it's a it's a crazy environment that we live in. But like you play footy to have fun with your mates, and yeah, it, at the it is a very like I said, it's it's, it's serious. It's high pressure, and but it really just made me recognise why you play the game again, and just to, to have fun with it, and yeah, perform, and, and obviously all this stuff that comes with it. That's a given, but just don't be afraid to have a smile on your face, and just. Just enjoy the game for what it is. Hundred percent, man. I, I do have actually one of my favourite AFLW players is a Geelong player, and for some reason I just cannot remember her name. But I think she's got the tattoos and the dreadlock. She's as hard as a cat. Rocky Rochelle Cranston. Oh that is. She is <laughs> the toughest. Oh, she's, she's a psycho. She is a psycho. She's Mate, um. She's, she's the best. Like, she's yeah. She um. Yeah, she's she's bloody interesting to watch sometimes, but gee, she does some good things, and I I wouldn't stand in her way to be honest. No, she doesn't. She I wouldn't either. Um, mate, you love your golf game. I've heard um I've heard about this. Like obviously, a few of the boys have told me you love your golf game, but I've heard you've probably broken more clubs and pars, mate. Is that true? <laughs> I haven't broken any, but geez, I've thrown some away. Um, what are you playing off at the moment? <laughs> I've actually I've had my last three. My last three rounds have been my best rounds. I've come down two and a half points, so I'm off twelve point nine at the moment. Geez, that's good. It's not bad. It's not. It's not up to the standard of some of the blokes you're probably talking to, but um, yeah. Who's swinging them down to the best? Is it Hendo and Zach still, or is there anyone better? Yeah, 
Yeah, no, nah, Hendo. Oh, last two times I played with Hendo, he shot two under both times, so he's still the man to beat. Yeah, but um, in, in in reference to the me th- losing or breaking clubs to compared to pars made, I get guarantee that that's come from Zach. And yeah, I threw I threw my pitching wedge into a creek at thirteenth not long ago. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> the last time I played, last Wednesday I played down there and. It almost ended up the same. I went ball in the drink, ball in the drink, and then the club got thrown, but in the opposite direction. So I think it's just more a mental battle for me on the golf course, but it's all it's all good fun. Mate, it is. I've just picked it up. I play – I'm a bit of a golfer. I like pick it up once a year and try it out. So I'll play like three games and then quit again. But um, <laughs> I'm sort of actually back into it at the moment. I've hit probably about 150 for my last three games. So um, it's not looking great. I'm probably – It's okay. I might it's just okay. try, to, try it again next year. Um. The word in the locker room is you have you, you claim to have a bit of a you think you're a bit of a swag man with the shoes. <laughs> is this true? <laughs> Shit. Uh, I love I love my shoes. I do love my shoes, but in saying that, I love looking at them more than I love buying them. I'll I'll love to get around anybody who thinks they've got cool shoes, and I'll I'll give them exactly how I feel. But in fairness, I've got a wedding to pay for, so I'm a bit of a tight ass. <laughs> So at the moment I've I've gone a bit dry on the shoe collection, but I'm trying to to build a little little shoe collection for myself. I do I love looking what are we at shoes. Like, I'm, a, I'm a massive shoe man. What do we talk like? What are you into? Are you into your Jordans, like your Yeezys, or is it? More? Oh, a little bit of a range of everything. everything. I love love Adidas. I love Connie's. I've just come across a pair of off whites. Like which one? Which off whites have you got? Uh, the Prestos, the all white Prestos. Oh, wow. Yeah, so no. I came across them. You're not a not trade anymore, are you? No, I'm not a trade. I've come a long way from from the, <laughs> the steel blue work boots. But, um, yeah, I'd hate for my fiancé to find out some of the numbers I've spent on some shoes. Because oh, never tell them. Never, ever tell them how much they actually Yeah, really like are. I bought a pair of Fear of God Connies the other day, the Jerry Lorenzo ones. Yes. And, like, they're so nice, but I just had to tell her they were normal Connies because <laughs> she'd kill me if she found out what they actually cost. Um, yeah, but I do – I love shoes. I love – I'm, I'm – I'm not huge in. Oh, I do. I like to. I like to get into my fashion. I like. Yeah. Um, I like looking good. But yeah, I uh, like. I said, I've got a wedding to pay for, so I got to be a bit of a tight ass. Yeah, well, you can wear those. You can wear those off whites down the aisle for sure, man. You'll be the <sighs> swaggiest. That. You'll be the swaggiest nice. little husband that's ever been. <laughs> nice tartan suit with a pair of off whites <laughs> on the feet. Jeez, that'll be nice. And Very is it nice. is it the same side as Paddy Dangerfield? So mainly you just go halves in his weekly drop offs with Nike. Oh, if I could. Um, does he, he, does he hand who, them out? Oh, man, it's incredible the amount of shoes he's got and sh- just shit he gets delivered to his locker. It's like every day. It's it's a fantastic little uh, hookup he's got at night, but I suppose he's one of the best players to ever play the game. So that's yeah, sort of it does helps. help. Yeah, it helps. But um, if, if he wants to flog any off, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love for him to keep sending them my way. Yeah. Um, I think Mark Blitzarves is pretty flat because I got him first <laughs> with some of his stuff and, you know, Blitz has got a Nike sponsorship, so just be better, Blitz. The rich get richer. It's always how it works. <laughs> mate, um, that's, that's all I've got for you, mate. I, I really appreciate it. Um, you've done it all. You really have. And I can't wait to see what's next for yourself. Um, I'm sure there's big things now you can tick off being on the Dylan Friends podcast. I'm sure that was up there. Um, mate. It's dream come true, mate. Dream come true. <laughs> Thanks again for coming on the show, bro. Good luck for the rest of the year and uh, can't wait to see you killer, man. Thank you very much, Dylan. Look forward to catching up soon. Thanks, brother. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. 
The Dylan Friends Podcast is produced by me, Dylan, and is edited by my great mate, Ryan Miller. To keep notified on the release, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever else you listen. If you want to see more of myself and the podcast, please follow at Dill Buckley and at Dylan Friends on Instagram. And if you want to contact me directly, please email dillandfriends at outlook.com. And don't forget to be yourself because everyone else is taken. That was legitness. Yeah, it was.